Welcome to Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Ben Slinger, and with me, as always, is Trevor Scott. Hello. And this is our, well, I was going to say it was our first episode of the new year, but no, that was, wait. It is. It is our first episode of the new year. The last one came out on the last day of last year. Uh, so happy 2019. Did you Let's have hope a that good some um, good shit happens? Did you have a good New Year's? Did you spend it with anyone awesome? Mm. <laughs> eh, you know, no one's special. <laughs> Fuck you. Yes, I spent it with you, Trevor, and some others of our other of our friends and family, and we had a good time just hanging around, hanging out, and chatting. And yeah, we were well, talking as about usual, playing games nearly, and then nearly just missing. Uh, as usual, nearly missing uh, the New Year, but nah. yeah, it was good. But anyway. Bitstorm 2019, bitches. <laughs> Let's get going with some ramped up click pitch. Uh, yeah, don't you tell the people what it's about, Trevor? Yeah, we've got a word generator. We each generate two words on the count of three, two, one click. We hit refresh, get words, throw them out there, chuck them together, come up with a game design, then do it all over again when it doesn't work. Awesome. You, si- you sound bored by the idea. <laughs> Is it just because you've said this, you know? Well, I was going to say 100 odd times, but we're taking turns. So 50 so, something times. 50 to 60 odd times. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's do it. Let's get hyped. Three, two, one, click. Rockiest tyrant. Rigid intersection. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, rocky and rigid kind of go together. Yep. Um, I was like, I was going towards is this like. A, a world of rock people, people made of rocks. Like, can we get gameplay out of that? Is it is intersection to do with the driving, or is it just some paths in the mountains that are crossing and things happen there? Okay. Uh, okay. Obviously, there's some sort of tyrannical person or object involved. So I'm picturing uh, this tyrant mm-hmm. who one day makes a deal with a crossroads devil, or like a crossroads a cr- demon. I'm not sure okay. you've there, there's not sure what you've heard about you know the is, idea is of the crossroads. It's it's um, quite often seen as the crossroads um, are quite often seen as a demonic sort of um, breeding ground, just an intersection right. of a of a, like dusty roads and that sort of stuff, and then you bury like some sort of um, some sort of keepsake or something underneath the road, and then a demon comes and makes you a deal. And so I'm, I'm picturing that. It's about this tyrant who's made this deal. Okay. But it's kind of like an Emperor's New Groove sort of situation in that he gets turned into like a rock a rock monster and sort of has to learn the learn the evils of his ways. Okay. So no one realize, recognizes that it's the tyrant and he's just sort of now this this walking talking rock monster that has to try and find the cure and um <laughs> People talk talk about the the evil tyrant who's now disappeared, and you know, obviously, not knowing that this guy is the actual tyrant. All right, I, I like that. Except something you just said sparked something in me. Mm-hmm. You said he's a rock demon, and to me, that made me think guitars, drums, <laughs> go for like a heavy metal theme sort of thing. And then you said he's looking for the cure. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think maybe the cure is the cure? <laughs> 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 I'm not picturing uh, where this tyrant actually is because uh, I'm picturing medieval sort of. Well, there are tyrants. There could be other tyrants. Uh, <laughs> no, that's why we don't have to go with that. I just thought it was funny. So, well, uh, the other thing is that perhaps the 
the deal he makes is what allows him to become, like, to gain power to become a tyrant. But then, uh, as with any deal with the devil, you know, it sort of can might come back to, you know, he has to repay or pay his dues kind of thing um, after, he's, after he's gained all the things that that original deal gave him. Yeah. I mean, that could go both. I guess that could be the same thing. It's that when he comes back, it's, you know, it's like, oh, long ago you made a deal with me to, you know, gain power and influence and- you know, you've mis- you've misused that, so I'm going to, you know, make you heavy with your sins and <laughs> regrets. <laughs> Rocky with regret. Turns him into uh, sliced alone. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. All right, I think this one's going nowhere. Yeah, three to one click. Yeah. Continental graph. Graph? Like G-R-E-P-H? Yes. You mean graph? Either way. <laughs> Oiled predominance. (laughs) (laughs) So, continental graph. I'm sort of thinking that's more along the lines of you're on a ship and you're you're literally sailing the coast of this undiscovered continent. And you've got a cartographer with you, but you've got to try and deal with with all the the, um, crap that's going to- going to happen around the the coast of this of this continent and you can sort of um stop off every every now and again to try and venture in land but to get more supplies and that sort of stuff but i'm seeing it sort of like uh flame the uh, yeah flame in the flood sort of okay so kind of a randomly like procedurally generated coastline yeah that just kind of goes on forever yeah, and you can sort of every now and again you you see a, like a, a little inlet or something like that that you can actually access. Most of the time, it's just like this um, huge, unscalable, rocky sort of stuff. But- I like the idea of that. I wonder if, and I've I've used this example recently, but having sort of FTL like gameplay where you're sort of managing your crew, uh, different crews of different. Um, Crewmen obviously then bring different sort of skills and things to the table or have different strengths. Uh, and you've got some goal in place. And yeah, again, it's, it's randomly generated. So you come to a coastal town and you can, you know, trade or whatever, or, you know, you might find a new crew person uh, or, you know, then you keep going and the next sort of uh, event might be, oh, there's another ship attacking you. Um, and so it's like, oh shit, like move people to the cannons, move someone onto the, you know, onto the, um, bridge to actually steer or whatever. Um, have, you know, have someone dumping out water if you've you got a leak coming on. And so you're, yeah, you're really having to manage those different stations to keep your ship afloat and, and succeed. Yeah. And I think this is one of those sort of single life things in, in which you try and see how far you can get on, um, yeah. with one life, it's- you know, having, having to, you know, deal with, um, hunger and, and thirst sort of survival like style. Yeah, absolutely. While- like you have to bring on new supplies, uh, you know, to, to feed your crew and to, um, you know, cannon- cannibals like weaponry and stuff. Yeah. But also having to deal with like, um, if the, if the, um, nav- cartographer gets taken out, like that's, yeah. that's the end. Like you, oh, um, okay. you lost that's the right. Like so he, he's your, your like, um, you know, that's it's part of your escort mission that you've got to keep him safe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's you're racing to like map this 
new land. Yeah, but what what I'm it's- also picturing is that like when that happens, it, it talks about some other some other group that has actually won the race to to map this thing. And right, yeah, 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 um, yeah. And so yeah, Yo, I'm, I'm picturing I like that, that reminds famine me. And, and some other things, <laughs> and scurvy and um, mutiny. I'm picturing something. Yeah, well, there can be a morale. You-, you can definitely bring in a morale system where you know if you've got too few crew and you're going to push in too hard, then they start getting disgruntled and and you you risk having them mm-hmm. just kill kill the captain or take the cartographer hostage and leave or something. I don't know. Like there can be lots of ways. I like the idea. So I I had. A brief inkling of, do you remember the old DuckTales game where you were like, you were Scrooge McDuck competing to like make enough? I can't remember what the goal was, but it was all about you within a certain amount of time. You kind of had to go, go to the different places around the world and, and then you just had little mini games and stuff. Yeah, I kind of remember that. Make enough money. Anyway, my, my point was that maybe there's, maybe this is some sort of, yeah, like it's some sort of challenge, perhaps like put up by some rich benefactor or whatever. But the point was also that you might actually come in contact then with these other people. Like, it's sort of, is this thing that multiple ships are all trying to do at the same time to win this big prize? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the war chest for having having mapped the whole coastline. Uh, and maybe you find out there's sort of some ulterior motive that with this map, that guy's going to find even more treasure or something, and perhaps you can find it yourself or- you know, what what I like other, is, other little is the idea of, you know, supplies are, are going to be pretty scarce at the very start. So, you're good enough for, like, a day's worth of travel. You can you can actually, you know, speed up some travel, basically. So, if you don't want to sit there and, and wait for it, you can sort of set it up. Okay, when when it comes up, up when we come up to an inlet or when, when you know, there's some danger, you know, Fast forward. So basically, you can always sort of be skipping skipping some of the the boring cartography stuff, but also oh yeah, I you think need it, to, I um, think it, I think kind of like FTL, you're kind of you know you, you like do another jump sort of thing. Like you leave a place and it just automatically goes along until you know there's something that that needs to grab your attention. Yeah, or you can spend some of the time on your journey to the next to the next place dealing with the morale of your crew and you know. Doing some well, other maybe, things like that, and well, maybe again, maybe you set like, you know, so you've you've just left, um, you've just left port from someplace, and it, and you're going to continue your cartography, and so it's like, all right, what do you want to spend the next, you know, ec- the next day doing? Um, and you can just choose from a few different things, which either, you know, maybe make you go a bit faster, but your morale goes down, or you can go a bit slower, but you can, you know, spend, you know, make sure your crew's happy and they get extra rations or something, or if you've just, you know, if you've got enough supplies or you can have them, you know, work to improve your weapons or something. And so basically you do, you're choosing what happens with that downtime between, between finding ports and other ships and, you know, fucking random survivors out on rafts, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you can have all sorts of things. Um, oh, that, that could actually be kind of cool. Like when you, when you take out another, another ship, you can, you can find some survivors that you can mm, convert to mm. your crew. Yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. And yeah, I like that idea, similar to FTL, where it's a fairly small crew and they've all got names and you, like, get to know them in a sense. And then they've probably got their own, like, skill trees or or at least sort of upgrade paths so that if you've had someone with you for a while, it's going to hurt if you lose them. Yeah, so you've got the most experienced (laughs) navigator and they can can help you at night during the storm that, you know- Yeah, 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 yeah. Give you better success of getting through this, um, through this- 
set of treacherous waters where there's lots yeah. of rocks and stuff. Yeah. And then you've got like the previous, um, like cabin boy who, who now becomes your, <laughs> your new. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you have to, <laughs> it's like, yeah, someone whose, whose map reading skills are like at a one. It's like you've got no choice. You just have to put them on there. But yeah, I like that. And even you could even bring some sort of um, RPG sort of stuff in. And again, I'm basically just this is basically just pirate FTL. But uh, you know, if you choose to, you know, maybe your captain has a particular skill tree or whatever uh, as well. And so you can sort of, if you choose to put points into diplomacy, then instead of having to actually fight people along the way, you get extra um, conversation options, which let you, you know, trade or intimidate them off or whatever or maybe you can um you know discuss trading of of the the cartography that you've already done with the cartography that they've already done and and get your cartographers yeah, yeah, together yeah. to to basically discuss maybe maybe there's some errors that your cartographer had made or the other one had made that you can sort of capitalize on oh that's interesting i wonder do you do you get points at the end for how accurate it was because based on how good your cartographer was at the time and how like how morale you know how his morale was you know if he's yeah or if he's injured or, or if there's or, different things yeah or scared for yeah. his life then he's going to do sort of a rush job and- <laughs> i love the idea of actually generating that map graphically and like some of the areas are just it's just a straight line he's just like oh he was too he was too pissed off to actually do his job he's just like yeah whatever it's pretty straight. It's pretty straight. There's whole, there's whole gaps missing. And it's like, uh, it went to the toilet and we didn't slow down. There's uh- <laughs> <laughs> just a bit that just says, fuck the captain. Like the coastline spells out. In fuck first the captain. <laughs> yeah, of course. It'd have to be. <laughs> hmm, this is very interesting. It says, fuck the captain. <laughs> yeah. I like that. That's... I, I just really like FTL, so just bringing bringing that to to other kind of uh, uh, scenarios really appeals to me. All right, let's click again. Yep. Hacking float. Busier, sure. S H O R E. Hacking float. You said yes. Okay. I'm kind of having an idea around a, f- a sort of futuristic world well yeah like set in the future but on the shore of you know an island or whatever Mm -hmm. and all the boats are autonomous or at least like heavily automated and heavily run by computers and so you play a character who is learning to or skilled at hacking them and then that's sort of how you reach your goal whatever the goal is so now now i'm picturing that like in this in this particular area, it's sort of like uh, many years in the future when these two major com- countries have gone to war, and there's all this automated hardware left in the left in the ocean that is oh, stopping okay. stopping um, anyone from sort of leaving. It it destroys indiscriminately because you know it's sort of um, e- either one of the countries stuff actually you know attacks you. Okay, sort of stuff. Um, so you. Your job is to um, gradually hack through hack through the defenses so that you can you can work out what actually happened, why this AI actually went rogue and just stopped mm. destroying each other, and they um they they almost formed an alliance and um and kept everyone on this. I'm thinking maybe a tiny island. All right, I, I like that general idea of it being a war, and there's all these autonomous like naval vessels. 
Mm-hmm. I still really, really like the idea of of hacking them t- to your will, though. Maybe it's that this could almost be it, just to simplify it a little bit. This could almost be an interesting sort of not quite tower defense because it's not towers, but you do have this small island, and maybe you've got like a certain resource that these other automated superpowers and and I, I like the idea of it or maybe it's just a single AI that's like taken over the world and you're this last little holdout on this island but you're also for whatever reason a skilled group of hackers and engineers mm-hmm. and so the whole game is building your defenses your automated defenses from the scrap and the bits that are there initially and then as you succeed you're like destroying the waves of attackers that they're throwing at you and then you can use those pieces to like upgrade and build more build more stuff but i'm thinking this is along the lines of actually like very simple programming sort of stuff like you set a patrol and you know if you see this person like back up this much and then fire this sort of thing so you've got different types of weapons based on the different uh, scrap that you've that you've collected um, you know, maybe you can even do things like, you know, if there are three other types of, you know, three other sh- allied ships nearby with these types of weapons attack, otherwise retreat because you know that, um, you know, that together they'll be strong, but otherwise they'll be picked off really quickly. That sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think there could be some interesting gameplay implications there cool. for sort of setting that up and, you know, oh shit, here's another wave coming. All right you know, set your, set your sort of orders and go. And you basically just have to watch it happen. <laughs> um, maybe you can, maybe you can modify their orders on the fly and stuff. If things are going badly. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. I like it. I don't know what else I can add to it though. <laughs> all right. Should we join click? Yep. <laughs> these are all, I'm getting all these like water-based ones. Briniest unfolding. Abusive temperature. Okay. Um, something, something, climate change. <laughs> yeah. So you're in Hawaii. Okay. Um, and you're you're now um, living in this house that um, is on stilts. You're uh, literally this entire island is like um, underwater. Maybe maybe thirty centimeters underwater. Okay. Well, your 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 area of the island. Uh, that you always owned, uh, 30 centimetres underwater. Other, another friend's down the valley is completely underwater. Um, and it's it's sort of like a Stardew Valley, but you're now having to deal oh. with water-based. I was going, yeah, I was thinking that when you were saying that. That's actually really interesting to, there's some sort of interesting political and moral things that you can explore there uh, in a, yeah, Stardew Valley-esque <laughs> Game um, where climate change has had this huge effect. What are you laughing at? I'm laughing at the fact that I'm just picturing that you got sheep, but they've all got stilts. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like, well, maybe you bring in some like um, uh, artificial selection type stuff where you like over generations have to breed your sheep to have longer legs. Because otherwise their wool gets all mouldy. <laughs> so you try to breed it, they bre- you, you try uh, to breed a sheep with a giraffe. <laughs> um, I do. I actually. I like that idea of using of bringing artificial selection into a Stardew Valley kind of game. Because Stardew, I mean Stardew Valley and that and Animal Crossing and those sorts of things are usually sort of a day to day kind of thing, and it's like, 
all right, like make sure today, you know, I've got to use all my energy to mine things because I'm going for this thing on the tech tree or whatever. I like the idea of it maybe being set over a longer period than that where, you know, you sort of, you do a bunch of stuff and set up a bunch of stuff and then you, it's like three months later or one month later or whatever, right? Yeah. So that you are managing to get generations of these animals over time and maybe it's it's not, you know, one person that you're playing then obviously it's like- you end up playing, you know. You end up that person gets old, and I, I kind of like the idea that you're you're actually like a um, a scientist who has developed like this um, faster like cloning yeah, like technology growing, that you can yeah. you can grow them you in like would, a day you or two. You probably would have to bring that into it. I do. I still like the idea of it being somewhat over, like not instant. Obviously, you know, it, it's going to help if you have to wait a little bit to see the effects of your. Of your breeding, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, maybe maybe they reach maturity in a week or something. It's like okay, now they're ready to reproduce again. Which which animals are we going to reproduce to sort of select for certain attributes that are going to help to to survive as it gets worse, right? Like I feel like it can get worse, mm-hmm. um, whether that's random or whether that's a planned sort of thing with, uh, through the, throughout the story. It's like oh shit, now you know it's a meter underground uh, underwater. Yeah, and then interesting things around heat waves and fucking tornadoes or, you know, maybe you have Tropical to- Tropical cyclones. Well, that's it. Like, maybe you have to- All You know, as part of it is is building your house and, and, and protecting it well enough that it will withstand, you know, the, the heavier weather. Yep. Um, I'm imagining earthquakes can, can really shake your foundations of your house, being that they're on stilts. Um, mm. You know, you've got to sort of set up a- um, a channel uh, around your around your property for if the volcano exp- um, you know, erupts, right. yeah, yeah, you know, just change, changing up a little bit as to what can sort of happen. But- yeah, yeah, yeah. But then still bringing in a lot of that like community stuff of you get to know the people of this town as they're also all dealing with these changes. I like the idea that in front of your house, instead of, if you remember Stardew Valley, there was all trees mm. and stuff. In front of your yeah. house, there's all just seaweed and stuff that you got to clear away with. <laughs> clear and... Well, yeah. And there's maybe little bits of land instead of, instead of like in Stardew Valley, you maybe had a had a little lake or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I don't know. There's some really interesting things you can do there, and I really like- having that kind of political aspect of it, of really like exploring the effects of climate change. But what I also like is the idea that if you made it multiplayer, then, you know, you could have a community of people who are actually real that you can be talking to. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This, would it just be that you each have your own, like how synchronous is this multiplayer? I, I think that in town you can, you can sort of, uh, talk to NPCs together and you can go to other people's places. You can be invited to someone's fa- farm, but you can't mm. just go and search people's farms and stuff. Right. So you maybe like create kind of an instance with your friends or something. Yeah. And maybe, maybe this local town can support up to six people. Yeah. That could be cool. But then again, if, if you, if you get, if you get a, um, if you get a Which- complete nutter asshole in your group, then that may not be great, but. Yeah, but, you know, that's all games. Yeah, true. <laughs> I do like the idea of a kind of, it's like, it would actually, I like the idea of it actually being synchronous in that if they're online, you might just run into them. Yep. Um, but maybe like when they're offline, their, their player kind of becomes just more of an NPC and has set routines. 
uh, and maybe you even set up those routines. So it's like, okay, this is what my NPC is going to do while I'm offline. You know, spend <laughs> spend thirty percent of the time, you know, maintaining the farm. You know, twenty percent of the time sleeping, whatever. Five percent of the time masturbating. Uh, sure, three to one. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Ooh, mellow spacecraft. Virtual mm. crossroad. <laughs> no, not a crossroad. <laughs> so. A space captain makes a deal with a demon with an intergalactic crossroad. Virtual crossroad. Yep. Mellow spacecraft. Okay, hmm. so I, I, I'm seeing this as a cross between Ralph Breaks the Internet, which I still haven't seen, okay. and Inner Space. In oh, the fact that you're, oh, you're flying okay. around in a, in a little ship mm-hmm. in the internet. Oh, okay. Okay. So you can bring in. So how does that work? So you. So this is kind of a tongue-in-cheek, maybe one of those like trading space trading games. Do you know what I mean? Oh uh, yep, yep. Mining and trading and combat games where it's sort of, you know, top-down on your ship sort of thing, two-dimensional plane, um, but this huge universe. Yeah, it's like a heat signature sort of view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's the internet, yeah. and so you have things like the giant. You know, Facebook server <laughs> so, or server cluster. Well, I'm, you know, I'm well, picturing like this spidering like- out all over the place, and there's just all these crossroads in in which you can sort of. Well, I like the idea of having to intercept. Like, so wait, uh, is, is this ads and that sort of stuff? Mm. Is is this you know, similar to Ralph breaks the internet? A thing where the the aspects of the internet are kind of different characters, like they're they're analogs to the real world. Because in that movie, there was things like people running around hitting pop-up ads at the users and, you know, there was the giant Google tower and this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Is it that sort of thing? Or are you- I- I'm picturing- Or are you someone who has- Like, is there anyone else in the internet with you? Is what I'm yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm picturing that what actually happens is, say, you're, you're a new web upstart. Okay. And the way that, the way that the internet works in this, in this futuristic universe is that you- you, your little character, have to actually go out and try and seize, like, popularity and that sort of stuff. And you're dealing with, like, the big conglomerates and that sort of stuff. So you can have, like, ship-to-ship battles with, like, a, a crew of, like, Google cruisers or... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I like that. I kind of I kind of like the idea that you are, an, like, some sort of AI, like, agent representing a user in the real world. Yeah. So you get missions, like you get a fetch quest, which is like find 10 cat pictures. <laughs> <laughs> or like make a reservation at this restaurant for this time. And and so I guess like time moves way um, faster. So it feels like, you know, something that to the user is instantaneous. You're, you're having to trek halfway across the internet galaxy yep. to like find the right place. Uh, and you might, yeah, you might like have to fight things on the way or or whatever. Um, and, there's, and then there is trading and stuff where you- Maybe cat pictures is the currency. <laughs> <laughs> or like likes or something, you know, upvotes. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, there's some really cool stuff you could do there. Yeah. And then at, at the same time, you you do have your own base, which is like, yeah, this user is trying to set up their own little corner of the internet and get other users to come and visit. Like they're starting their own social media platform or something. And so you're having to- you know, maybe you can do sort of nefarious jobs where you, 
you you are intercepting at a crossroads between you know Facebook and Google and like having to to find the right packets yeah, you, or something. You just to, you just happen to get a redirect that that moves over to your like you take out you take out their redirect mm. and you you take it over for yourself. I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. You, can, you can sort of um, oh you can you know, do find fishing, these crossroads so- to to try and. You know, it it can go one of four ways, and if you take over enough crossroads, you you direct more traffic to your website, sort of thing. Yeah, but they're little. Well, I like the idea then because you could have different ways of going about it, right? Like, obviously, literally sending people to your site when they're trying to go to Facebook is pretty shitty, but it's still going to get you traffic. Yeah. Um, there are also legitimate ways of doing it, which is like, you know, buying ads. Um. So, and that's part of the trade, perhaps. Um. So you can kind of have certain deals going on with Google or with Facebook or with other randomly made up websites or whatever who all have their own kind of procedurally generated levels of traffic and popularity. So, so what I'm actually picturing is that you you purchase some ad time on um on Google and what they yep. send you out to do is like they send you out to like steal traffic Change. away from other people <laughs> and, and Google send it does. to Google. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well that's the thing. There could be nefarious missions from them as well. Um, you're getting I'm, missions I'm picturing missions in which you've got to get around um, pop-up blockers and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, they all like the pop-up blockers come to try to take you out if you, uh, you know, if you're trying to insert, inject ads into the fucking network stream or something. Yeah. Um, no, and that sort of thing. Yeah. I feel like there's some really, some really fun things you could do with that. Sort of a, a world right for that sort of gameplay. One of one of the um one of the mentors in the game, or one of you know the wise old man, is like a um a JavaScript program that is sort of, or or maybe a flash a flash program. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like so a, a old old flash old. six or whatever thing is like the one little corner of the internet where he even still can run is compatible. <laughs> you can't leave. <laughs> I've been running for fifteen years. <laughs> <laughs> you knock on his door and he goes, I'm coming. <laughs> I'll be there in a flash. Ah. <laughs> God. <laughs> he slowly walks over. He like he like opens the uh he opens the little, you know, sliding thing in the door. Have you upgraded your flash player? <laughs> I'm picturing like you go to an old corner of the internet and there's like frames everywhere. Like <laughs> <laughs> All the discarded old frames. <laughs> you know, where, where the browser used to actually split up into different different oh, yeah, frames yeah. that they couldn't even talk to each other. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. Many of my early websites were utilizing frames. Uh, All right. That, yeah, that's- I like that. That's- That's cool. Three to one click. Yeah. yeah. Buried raising. Buried? Yes. Okay. Crunchy Westwood. <laughs> I feel like that's someone's name. Hey, I'm Crunchy Westwood. Um, necromancer um, bur- of law. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. I was about to say. Like, buried raising kind of writes itself. All right, I like the idea of a necromancer in the Wild West. Is that where you're going with that? Or? Yeah, so I, I like the fact that he's a lawyer, but he's also yeah. a necromancer. So he, deal- he lawyer, deals yeah. with cases in which, you know, he tries to defend people, but what he actually does is he, he brings the victims back to, oh, back to life. Oh, it's one of those to, sorts of things. To actually, you know, sort of ask- you know who actually killed <laughs> killed them, and then you got to try and find the find the clues and that sort of stuff. I like this. Yeah, I like that a lot. I like that setup. Uh, I like the idea that. So I'm picturing this is kind of a, you know, you've got a few cases going at the same time. Yeah. But you need to like find the resources to raise people from the dead, and so there are kind of other tasks that you have to do. 
again, like maybe there's some trading. I, I kind of like the idea hunting. that based on based on how they died, it changes the ritual. So someone mm, who was so um, sort of some investigation you have to do, and then it's like, all right, okay, these are the ingredients I need, and this is where I have to do it or something. Yeah, and and where you go to raise this guy who died of natural causes, and the ritual doesn't work, you realise that this guy was poisoned. And oh, okay. Yeah, that's interesting. So, based on the way they die, if the ritual doesn't work. Yeah, so that gives you another clue. And then you, like, alter your ritual or find those ingredients and finally raise them and get the real story out of them. Yeah. I, I, kind of, I really like the idea of this guy just being a, a necromancer who's just happens to also be a lawyer. <laughs> yeah, well, what it's actually reminding me a little bit of, and I haven't played a ton of this, but um, have you played Battleship Brigade? No. Okay. So, the two sort of things in that game, and like I said, I barely played anything, but from what I gathered are, so there's cooking, which is sort of a match three kind of thing where you like rotate different ingredients in your pot and it makes them more powerful and Mm -hmm. makes you whole thing. But then you like, you literally have to go and hunt your ingredients. So like you might be cooking. It's like, oh shit, I need more of this type of thing. So you run off the screen and then you're off in this sort of platforming area where you've got different attack moves and stuff and everything (laughs) everything you kill drops ingredients. So, I'm kind of picturing something along the lines of, you know, maybe you do have to hunt for certain necromantic, necromantic, I don't know, ingredients. You know, you need a fucking squirrel's gizzard or a You go into a platforming section in, in this one particular area in which you can- Yeah, whether it's platforming find- or some sort of other- I was actually sort of picturing almost a, like a top-down isometric-ish sort of thing, but, um, you know, maybe or maybe less like a bit of a hack and slash, top-down hack and slashy kind of- Zelda-ish kind of thing. Yeah. What I also like about it is if, well, you're a necromancer, so people that you bring back from the dead become part of your brood. Well, yeah, and I also like the idea that sometimes maybe there's different qualities of ingredients and stuff, and so there is a chance that it will go wrong in that after you get the information out of them, they sort of turn rabbit and you literally have to, like, fight them off then and kill them, yeah. or they might get they might escape and get into the town, kill other people. You know, they, there are sort of consequences that could happen. But I like that this guy's a lawyer. He's just like, ah, oh, fuck, like, not this again. All right, I've got to go <laughs> kill some zombies. <laughs> As, um, I'm just picturing now you're in the middle of a court case and there's some um, interesting testimony that's come up from um, from a witness. So, from- you, you ask ask the judge for a continuance. He agrees and you're going out. You're, like, <laughs> slaying all these all these small animals just to try and bring this. Just other- to raise the dead again. It's like, ah, oh, shit, i got some more questions for the dead guy. <laughs> Well, and that could be part of it too, actually. Like, maybe the more often you raise someone, the more difficult it is or the more likely it is to go wrong or the more ingredients it takes or something. So, there's a bit of a balance around, you know, doing it right the first time so you've got long enough to ask enough questions or having done enough other investigation that you know the right questions to ask or something like yeah. that. You know, having to choose the time. It's really cool. The, the right moment that you that you raise this victim. Yeah, that's that's really awesome. Crunchy Westwood, Necromancer. Crunchy. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Game title and maybe episode title right there. <laughs> oh, Necromancer at Law. Love All it. Right. Three to one click. Hmm. Impassive 17. Evolutionary hip. Evolutionary hip? Yes. Uh, All right. This is the story. Of a lovely of. lady. <laughs> yeah, something like that. 
I'd do something except I don't remember anything about the Brady Bunch. Uh, this is a story of a teenager. Had 17, 17 year old, and she is injured mm-hmm. and has to have a hip replacement. But they accidentally give her the hip that was supposed Which to be for the bionic us- woman. Yeah, they give her like a bionic hip. That she wasn't supposed to get, like, the the bionic woman or, or the bionic man, the million dollar, six million dollar man or whatever. He, yeah. He gets, like, the normal hip replacement and you get the bionic one. <laughs> yeah, it's like Inspector Gadget's new hip. So, you've got one leg <laughs> that can just, like, extend from from the hip. <laughs> oh, I'm, a- I'm imagining it sort of like a, a Bayonetta-style um, style okay, beat-em-up like sort of beat em game. up sort of thing. Um, in that okay. you're-, you're uh, I'm picturing the right leg. Yeah, you know, can extend out. You can, you can basically um, jump extra high with this one hip. You can land from from you know huge distances and all this. As long as you land on one you, leg, you, you can, can you can hop with your for, right. You can hop forever. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if you if you run and jump, you know, you always try to make sure that you're on your right right leg. <laughs> I like the idea you that you have it. to. I like the idea that you have to time that. <laughs> like the animation is good enough that you can kind of watch the gate, but it's like, all right, all right, okay. Now, ah, oh, shit, she jumped off her left leg. Just like do some tiny <laughs> j- jump and fall down a pit to your death. <laughs> uh, no, um, I like that. That's that's cool. Yeah, and and so you've got moves where you can like, I do like the idea that you can like extend your leg out, you know, to to kick people far away. Um, you've got moves around that sort of thing. Other thing I kind of like as well is sort of um, if you remember Crypt of the Necrodancer, how you got to do things on, on the beat sort of thing. Well, the beat okay. is literally when you're on the right leg, you know, so mm. depending on whereabouts in this, in this case, you know, you sort of get a meter coming up and every time that, every time that you're sort of stepping on the right, you see that, that bit of the meter come up. So yeah, in the middle of the meter, if you, if you click the, say the A button right then you get the, um, if it's right in the middle, okay. you know, you get the best, the best quality sort of jump. So is this almost but either side? Uh, you know, it's sort of not as not as effective. I feel like then this almost needs to be a bit of like an endless runner or something, where because to get that well, you need that beat going for a fair amount of time, kind of thing. Oh yeah, and we're, we're talking also. Um, you've always got two different types of beat, so you've got one type of beat for if you want to jump, and one type of beat if you want to kick. Because if you go to kick on the wrong beat, you're going to kick with oh. the left foot. Not the right foot. Oh, okay. I like that. That's interesting. So, I'm picturing an endless runner sort of thing. I think you've still got control over it, but you very quickly get up to speed. And as you do, the music starts or like kind of like comes up to speed with you. Um, And then, yeah, like I'm kind of picturing you've got like the alternating like hi-hat kick kick sort of or like snare um, snare kick. kick drum going almost mm-hmm. right and so you you do get a sense and maybe you'd make them like you, you just anyway recognizable on the on and the off beat right yeah because yeah then you know all right i need to jump when the snare hits because that's when the right leg's down and but kick when the kick hits <laughs> i need to kick when the kick hits yeah because you want to be planted on your left leg so you can kick with that right leg yeah uh yeah that's really cool that's really cool and i kind of do like that idea of it's not an endless runner in the sense of you literally can't stop it's just that you get up to speed very quickly, and then you've obviously got that very solid beat going as you're moving. But I kind of like the idea that, like, you let go, and the music just sort of like, mm. like, kind of just slows down and shuts down real quickly. Yeah, to and just, then, then you just can sort of just do noises. almost a beat 'em up sort of thing, and it's sort of okay because you're not sort of stepping 
and running. But if you're running and you're trying to kick someone and if you're running and you're trying to jump, you know, you want to make sure you're on the on the right. Yeah, well, beat. okay. Then the thing of then the beat em up stuff, maybe that's around combos where you're having to hit them at the right time, like when that leg comes down or something or. You yeah. know, the combos, the combos at least, you know, because people often in those games, you have to remember like, oh, all right, like A to jump, X, X, Y, X. Um, and then that's going to pull off this particular move. But in this case, it's like X is your, you, you, if you, you still, you want to start that combo on your, um, on your snare because your, your legs, legs going to be down. And then X, X is actually your, you know, left leg, left, you know, left leg, left punch. And then Y is your right leg kick or like it, like it. Lines up, um, yep. and then but it, and creates maybe like a little fill or something in the music. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it <laughs> might, it's yeah. Well, I can I can imagine that working really well if you timed it well. You sort of you know you're running along with you know so you've got a little. That's the combo that you just pulled off. <laughs> that's cool. That's that's really cool. <laughs> And depending on how fast you're running depends on the on the BPM. <laughs> yeah, or maybe yeah, maybe you can like maybe you've got a power up which makes lets you run faster. Um or maybe you do just get faster as the game goes on. Like it just gets faster, which gets a little bit harder, but you can also do more powerful stuff and Yeah, I really like that idea. That's cool. That is evolutionary hip. Who would have thought? <laughs> <laughs> it's not really evolutionary, but it's like revolutionary. <laughs> it's more revolutionary, but you know. That's okay. All right. Food on quick. Simulated trace. <laughs> Groaning caribou. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> okay. Oh, I didn't know caribou was actually a reindeer. Hmm? I didn't realize a caribou was actually a reindeer. Like, they're the same thing. Huh. Um, well, that kind of... Well, we already did our Christmas episode, but... Yeah. Groaning caribou. So, why is this caribou groaning? Is Are they just upset about something? Are they hurt? Okay. What I'm picturing is the reindeer that you play um, okay. has lost its way. It's um, no longer with um, no longer with the rest of the pack. Is, and is, are, is a this trace. a Santa thing or is this just a regular reindeer? Yeah, it's a Santa thing. Um, okay. <laughs> but I, I was trying not to- Subtly oh. allude to that. So you've got to, you've got to sort of, you can use like some technology that is on, on the reindeer collar in which it can sort of analyze some basic clues around the area to, to do a simulation of, of where the pack and therefore Santa is. <laughs> okay. If it wasn't so, like, I kind of, I was kind of thinking, I wonder if you've got amnesia or something. And so you just think you are just a regular reindeer. Um, and the whole twist is that, like, it turns out you're one of Santa's lost reindeer. But, I mean, a game about a reindeer, you're just going to assume it's- How about the opposite Prancer. twist? That you think oh, that you're- Oh, okay. You think that you're, um, you do have that amnesia. You, wanna- you think that you're one yeah. of Santa's reindeer and they've left you behind. So, you're, you're, like, racing and the collar that you've, you've been given allows you to fly a bit and all this sort of stuff. But uh, then when you actually catch up, uh, you find out that you, you were just a normal like reindeer. You were, like, an experiment. And- no, you're just a normal reindeer and, and like, the collar was accidentally um, put on you instead of Prancer or something like that. <laughs> oh. I like that. But then the double twist is that- um, Santa eats non-magical reindeer? <laughs> <laughs> then you're dinner. 
<laughs> no, I was going to say it turns out that you're that that you're Rudolph, and this is how Rudolph joined the pack. Like something happens with your nose right at the end. <laughs> like when the it turns out that the radiation from this Chernobyl col- <laughs> from this col- no from this collar that you've been wearing uh, because you were just a regular reindeer has like affected your nose and it's now just illuminated at all times. <laughs> and it's like, oh, actually, maybe you could be one of my reindeer. <laughs> won't you fly my sleigh tonight? <laughs> yeah, won't you fly, won't you fly my way tonight or whatever? Lead my sleigh. I don't know wherever that goes. Uh, yeah, and it turns out the whole time it was just an alternate version of the Rudolph myth, the origin story, <laughs> and that Rudolph has cancer. <laughs> oh yeah, and he's only got you know a few years to live. Oh god, um, Santa's going to isolate the gene that was mutated and breed more. <laughs> It's just name of Rudolph too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just a never-ending uh, all these all Rudolph Rudolph's descendants. Oh god, three, two, one, quick. No. Flat gutter, juiciest keystone. So, uh, a keystone is like the part at the top of the um, arch, right? Yes. Uh, I like the idea of it being some sort of building game, especially since you've got like flat gutter or whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a like a sort of physics-based building game where you're having to use certain materials that, like maybe you, maybe you have to build with sponges or something. Because <laughs> I'm just thinking the gutters. If the gutters come into it, maybe it's about like directing water in the right ways that you don't soak your your sponge bits of your architecture <laughs> because they'll like they won't be as solid they'll be too juicy and so for example if your the keystone in your arch is made of sponge material and it gets wet then it's just gonna like compress and your whole arch is gonna fall fall down yeah okay so is this like a top-down architectural sort of thing or is it a isometric sort of thing so you can see the arches but you can I'm th- I'm thinking it's actually like a 3D, like you can you can fly around the whole space, kind of like rotate around the whole space. Oh yeah. Um. So yeah, looking just a 3D world that you're that you're you know using sort of WASAD mouse controls to to fly around. Well, unless you've got a character, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, and then yeah, it's it's almost a puzzle game, right? Like between the the you've got regular bricks, you've got sponge bricks, and you've got gutters. Mm-hmm. And it's putting them together in the right combination that when it rains, this building will still stay up or something like that. Uh, even if it like, cause I'm, I'm picturing, I'm picturing these sponges as basically when they're dry, they're pretty solid. Like they're able to hold up bricks, you know, on top of them. Um, the physics sort of may, makes them uncompressible, okay. but if they get wet, but if they get wet, they obviously you know, sort of get squishy, they get juicy. And so you could have things like, all right, well, I've put a whole layer of sponge bricks around this house, but it's fine because, yes, they compress, but it doesn't actually break the house. And when, like, it just lowers the top half of it as they compress down. <laughs> and when they dry out, it slowly, you know, um, expands back up again. And that sort of thing. So, how do you deal with rain? Well, this is where the gutters come in, right? Like, I think- Or do you have to- I think- Do you have to get um, certain guards to stand out there with, like, umbrellas to make sure that the keystone's there? <laughs> Don't get wet. Well, and I think this—I don't think you're always building arches. Like I think that's just one example that you 
you actually might want to make the keystone a sponge depending on the size of it because if you make any of the other sides a sponge, any of the other stones a sponge, it's actually going to be uneven, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas if you think of an arch kind of compressing into that keystone, if it evenly presses on both sides, yes, the arch is going to kind of change its shape a little, but it's not actually going to collapse. Yeah. Whereas if one, if one side of a spon- uh, one side of the arch is a sponge and that side gets wet, then the whole thing's going to come down. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I could just, I'm just sort of picturing basically you've got, and, and then the, the goal is sort of use the, figure out the best way to combine these tools and use the gutters to like guide water either to or away from your sponge bricks. And then you sort of almost a bit like, uh, like polybridge or something in that you've got your building phase and then it's like, all right, and now it's raining. So let's see how it holds up. Now you didn't know which ones were sponges and which ones weren't. <laughs> well, I think maybe that. Is maybe that, yeah, maybe like later levels you get like ambiguous ones that, um, well, and this is the thing, you could bring in other types of bricks that are going to react to rain in different ways. Yep. And that could be really interesting. Like maybe you get some bricks that like fucking have fast growing plants in them. So when they get wet, they actually push everything, you know, from a certain direction outwards because a plant grows. And I, I, I just really like the idea of these, these kind of shifting buildings. That based on water or sunlight or different things will, will change, and you have to build them in a way that they're not just going to collapse under those conditions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool, that's cool. Three, two, one, click. All right, one more, I think. Yes. Barbecued optimist. Bloody cassette. Bloody cassette. Ooh. <laughs> All right. So, are we setting this in the eighties or? Yeah. So I think. You've hosted a barbecue. Okay. You wake up and- Hungover. Hungover. The whole place is a mess. Yeah. Your boombox is laying there, destroyed. <laughs> okay. And all that sort of remains is a bloody cassette. Mmm. Do you have to first find a pen to re-spool it? It's <laughs> <laughs> like some of the tapes come out. Yeah, I think I think this could be an adventure game sort of thing. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the idea that you know it's almost a dude. Where's your car? Where's my car? That mm. you've, you're so or hung- like a, a hangover. Yeah, you were so hungover. Kind of situation. The only the only clue that you've got is a bloody cassette, and so your boombox is totally destroyed. So you got to go find like you go over to your mum's place and they've got a they've got a cassette player because you got no other cassette player at home. And yeah. then you, you listen to this thing and it sort of gives you a clue as where to go next. Gives you clues and- as to what was happening and- Yeah, just yeah, gradually so I like find the idea- out. I like the idea that it, that it initially leads you to the idea that maybe you killed someone. Yep. Or someone died at this party. So, there's like screams on the tape and voices that, that lead you in that direction. And, you know, you maybe you recognize one of them and you can't track that person down and you're sort of having to- yeah, maybe you're getting, like, flashbacks of the party or something. It's like, oh, this person was there. All right. You know, let's find them, find what they're up to. You know, they're hungover too, but they remember this particular thing happening and someone saying they were going here. So, then you you, you basically just then unlock different um, different places to go as, you, as you're playing through the game. And yeah, each, exactly. I mean, you could probably do this can- as a fairly traditional point-and-click structure. Yeah. Uh, you get there and they, they give you, oh- Michael gave me gave me um, his car keys. He said that it, um, he was parked on this street. So you go go there, and then you find out that like the car's no longer there. So, but you see something saying that it's like maybe being towed to an impound lot. So now you got to deal mm. with the impound lot people, and you know trying to sneak in there and and get 
find out, you know, that Michael's uh, still asleep in the back of his car, but it's in the impound lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so what do we find out the blood was eventually actually from? I kind of like the idea that- Kill the neighbor's cat. No, you cut your thumb or something like that. So it's your blood the whole time. Oh, it's like completely mundane. Yeah. And you were the one who actually, you know, broke the boom box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So like the final person, the final person that, uh, that you talked to was like, uh, yeah, don't you remember you like, you know, you said, here, hold my beer. I'm going to skateboard with my boom box on my shoulder over the fish tank. <laughs> That's how you cut yourself. And you were, you were recording the whole time. Your boombox got smashed. That's when I left, because you're a fucking idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Here you are expecting to get, like, um, sort of like, dude, where's my car, where it's, you know, super fantastical and there's- Fucking aliens and shit. Aliens and shit. But, no, it's just very mundane. (laughs) Yeah. It's just, like, the girl you're into thinks you're a fucking idiot. (laughs) Go home. Depressed. Well, (laughs) on that note- I think we'll finish up. Yep. Uh, so, <laughs> thanks for joining us on Bitstorm this week. Uh, if you want to find us online, the best place is podchaser.com slash bitstorm. We've got our YouTube and our Facebook group, and you can click through to listen to us in a number of different players and podcatchers and that sort of thing. We recommend that you check out the awesome folks at the AGPN, the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network. Search for hashtag AGPN on Twitter or the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network on Facebook. Finally, we'd like to thank Kuradost for the song Mount Defiance off of the album Containment Failure. That's it. So, thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Travis Scott. And I'm Zoltan. 